Hello everyone, welcome to Hometown Horrors. I'm Leanne, your host and creator. I have just a few housekeeping things before we get into today's case. We now have a, or I now have a donate button that is in the show notes. You can click there if you would like to donate to help with cost of the podcast and the blog. That would be greatly appreciated. We also have a link to Patreon. There are different levels that you can choose on Patreon and you get different things with each level. You can get free merch, you can get behind the scenes footage, you can choose an episode, Um, there's newsletters, all kinds of things. If you want to head over there and, and check that out and would like to join that, that would be great. If you don't want to contribute money wise, just share share our or share my podcast and share my blog share these cases that would be very helpful um i am on instagram at hometown horrors and i'm on twitter at hometown horrors tn i do have a tiktok i just i'm not real sure how i'm gonna use that to the best of its ability Um, TikTok is a very good tool for things like this. I just need to figure out the best way to approach that. So when I get that figured out, I will let you all know. In the show notes today, there will be pictures of uh, Jennifer and Adriana Wicks. That's who we're covering today. There will be uh, links to pictures of them, links to the tip lines, things like that. If you have a case that you would like covered, you would like for me to look into, please um, go to the email, which is hometownhorrorstn at gmail. That link is in the show notes. Send us, um, just send me the case and I'll look into it as soon as I can. I kind of have an ongoing list of things that I'm trying to cover and bring attention to. Um, I'm trying to bring awareness to the cases that aren't covered as much, that doesn't have a big presence in the media. We have seen lately that social media is a great platform for these cases that have kind of been forgotten and don't get picked up by by the big dogs. Um, So social media is a good way to do that. If you follow or interact with other true crime podcasters and YouTubers, and you think that they could help with any of the cases that I cover, please feel free to share with them. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, As much exposure as we can get for these cases is the best. That's all I want. The more people that see it, the more likely it is for someone to come forward. So today we are going to talk about the unsolved case of Jennifer and Adriana Wicks. This case goes all the way back to March of 2004. 21-year-old Jennifer Wicks and her daughter, 2-year-old Adriana, have been missing since March 2004. The last person to have seen them is Jennifer's boyfriend, Joey Benton. Please, after you hear this, share her story. Share the pictures share the tip lines, things like that. We need to get this story out there. Jennifer Wicks and her daughter, Adriana, lived in Robertson County, Tennessee with her boyfriend, Joey, and his parents. Jennifer and Joey had a rocky relationship. 
there were several accounts of the couple fighting. Um, Joey threatened Jennifer with a gun, threatened her family, kicked in Jennifer's mom's front door. It is also said that Joey had a history of drug abuse. It was not easy for Jennifer and Adriana in that house. Joey was erratic. His mother, Cindy, fought with, and in my opinion, probably bullied Jennifer. While Joey's dad just stayed silent. He didn't do anything about the horrible situation that was going on there. Making the situation more difficult, Jennifer did not have her own car, her own bank account, or her own phone. If she wanted to use a phone, she had to use Joey's. The Monday before they went missing, Joey, I'm sorry, Jennifer took Adriana to the emergency room due to Adriana was having difficulty urinating and she was crying in pain any time that she tried. In the early morning hours on Tuesday, Jennifer called her mother on the way home from the hospital telling her that the nurse had told her Adriana had an infection that was usually only seen in sexually active females. This was very concerning, as you can imagine. Later that day, Jennifer took the baby to the pediatrician because Adriana was running a high fever, not feeling well at all due to this infection. Jennifer's family does not know what happened at that doctor's appointment. They don't know what was said or done. It, it's still a mystery. We, we don't know. On Wednesday, March the 24th, Jennifer spoke to her mother while she was locked in a room at Joey's parents' house after a fight with Joey's mother, Cindy. This makes me just so sad. I, I feel so bad. Um, the reason for this fight was because Adriana was crying. That poor baby, you know, she was in pain and not feeling well. And at two years old, the only way they can really express themselves is to cry. So I don't know if this was getting on Cindy's nerves or what, but that's just horrible. And I, I couldn't imagine being upset over a baby crying because she was in pain. Um, but while speaking with Jennifer, her mother could hear Adriana crying in the background. During their conversation, Adriana got comfortable and fell asleep on Jennifer. Jennifer's mother offered to come and pick them up. But Jennifer told her that they were going on a picnic with Joey the next day and everything would be fine. Her mother told her to call her and let her know that everything was okay. Jennifer's mother never received that call. So Jennifer's mother called Joey's phone repeatedly. Remember, Jennifer did not have her own phone, so the only way to get in touch with her would be to go through Joey. Jennifer's mother also called everyone she knew who might know where Jennifer was or be able to get in touch with her, and no one had heard from Jennifer. Jennifer's family reported her and Adriana missing on Saturday, March 27, 2004. The Robertson County Sheriff's Office treated Jennifer's case as a runaway because of her age and statements made by Joey. An Amber Alert could not be issued 
according to police, because Adriana was with her mother. Now, this is a very small town in Tennessee. 2010, their population was like 1,100, so it is a very, very small town, which means their police force isn't very big. Usually in these types of towns, you have um, a lot of small town politics, and you also have inexperienced and not very well-trained officers. Um, these are usually what I like to call the ghetto boys that are elected by their friends. Um, they said one day they want to run for sheriff, and all of a sudden they're sheriff. I don't know if that's the case, but I've seen that a lot. And they don't have the training that is necessary to make that kind of assumption. What should have been done is she should have been Jennifer. There should have been an alert out for her missing. There should have been an endangered child alert, anything like that, to have people looking for Jennifer and Adriana. But none of that was done because they just, they went by what Joey said and by her age. She just left. It's fine. She took off. So all that caused precious time and possible evidence to be lost. The police questioned Joey and was told the following. He stated on Thursday, March the 25th, that was the day they were supposed to go on a picnic. He stated that he dropped Jennifer and Adriana off at a gas station by the interstate to be picked up by someone else. He didn't know who. And in some accounts that I've read, he didn't know what gas station. He then went across the street to wait in a parking lot. And Joey went on to say a white four-door Mustang picked them up. The next day, while Joey was at work, he claimed that he got called home for an emergency. No one ever knows who called him, what the emergency was, or whatever. Um, none of that's ever known. Joey claims that Jennifer came back home in the same white car, but Adriana was not with her. He claims Jennifer came back to pick up her tax money. That her tax money had been was going to be deposited in his parents' account. Remember, Jennifer didn't have her own bank account. So he claims that Jennifer came back to pick up that tax money that was supposed to be deposited in his parents' bank account. Joey claims that he told her that his parents were not there to give her the money, and so she left. Police have never been able to confirm Joey's story. So, Joey claims to be an, a, a Mustang enthusiast. He apparently drove Mustangs, worked on them. He just loved them. So, um, Mustangs did not have a four-door model back, at, back then. I don't even know if they have one now. I'm pretty sure they don't. So his claim was false. So the police questioned him some more. Joey then claimed, oh, well, it was a Camaro, not a Mustang. Camaro didn't have four-door cars back then either. So they asked him again. And this time he claims that he didn't know what type of car that it was even though he's seen this car twice, he had no idea. 
what Kanda was. And he's, you know, a big car enthusiast and he knows all these things. But he couldn't tell them what type of car it was. Apparently, they were okay with that. Um, the way Joey made it sound, Jennifer just took off with Adriana. They just left. However, Adriana's car seat and diaper bag were left behind. Also left behind was Jennifer's wallet and glasses. These are things that normally you don't leave behind if you're just, you know, if you're taking off. If you're not going to come back, you take these things. You need a car seat for the, the child. Um, you need a diaper bag that's going to have all the essentials in it. You're going to need your wallet, your ID, your money, and glasses. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere without my glasses. I can't see anything. So uh, it's very odd, the things that were left behind, if she was just going to take off and, and leave and not come back. So there have been about four searches of the Benton property over the years. None of them have been productive because the Bentons were allowed to dictate what areas could be searched. I'm assuming that nobody went in with a search warrant. I, I don't know for sure. I couldn't find anything about search warrants. I don't know why you wouldn't get a search warrant. But again, small town, politics, police force, all that stuff, I guess. Nobody really followed through with that. So Jennifer's family is the only ones pushing for stuff. They've had to hire people to do things. And that allowed the Bentons to dictate where and what could be searched. So a team from the University of Tennessee Anthropological cannot say that word well, research facility, also known as the body farm. They brought ground penetrating radar into search, um, but they were, again, only allowed to search a certain area. They sent a letter to Jennifer's mom saying that their findings were inconclusive because they were not allowed to search the entire property. And the last search, which I think was the fourth search, was called off due to the media finding out about it. Um, we have some developments, not a lot, which is very frustrating and very sad. In 2013, the TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, became involved and reclassified this case from missing to a homicide case. This change was based on new information, or new evidence that TBI received. No one knows what that information or evidence was. It has never been released, not even to Jennifer's family. Um, Joey Benton still remains a person of interest in this case. Joey and his parents still live on that property, but they live in a log cabin that they built next to the house that they used to share with Jennifer and Adriana. Joey Benton made a statement to the media years ago. I can't find that anywhere, and I don't know really what it was. It was just a, a brief little thing. His parents have been completely silent. They have not made any interviews. I couldn't find anything, really, that they have 
done or tried to help in any way. It was pretty much just Jennifer's family that was left to to do all this because the police really didn't help. Hopefully the TBI getting involved is going to get some movement, but that was in 2013 when they came on board. It's 2021. There, there needs to be some movement on this, and um, I'm not real sure what the holdup is on that. If you have any information about Jennifer, Adriana, anything you would have heard anybody say, if you think you've seen them, please contact the Robertson County Sheriff's Office at 615-384-7971 or call the TBI at 1-800-TBI-FIND. In the show notes, there'll be a link to the pictures of them. There's not a whole lot of pictures available, and of course, they've aged up because it's been years, but there'll, there'll be links to all that, and there'll be links on the social media about um, where you can find more information. Jennifer's sister runs a Facebook group, and she works really hard getting that information out there and keeping it in front of people. This has been an active case for 17 years. It was grossly mishandled, and I believe that resulted in many mistakes, including it not receiving adequate media coverage. Back to what I was saying about there's a lot of podcasts, YouTube channels, and social media platforms that can help with with missing and unsolved cases. So please share Jennifer and Adriana's case. Their family is desperate for answers, and they deserve those answers. My sources on this, I want to say special thank you to Jennifer's sister for providing information about her sister and niece to me. She is so sweet and has just gave me everything I could possibly need to help get the information out there. I would do anything to help her. With my missing person cases that I cover, I try to rotate them every month so they keep out in front of people because nobody's going to come forward and say anything unless you see their pictures and you hear their story. I want to help her. She is working so hard. She was only 15 when Jennifer went missing and she's taken all this on and she's working so hard and she just, she just wants answers. So please please share this. Please take a pic, you know, a look at the pictures. Um, also listen to the episode of the Vanished podcast that covered. They did a very good job. If you want to head over there and listen to that also, they, they did very good. They have an interview with Jennifer's mom and there's a lot of information in that. And they, they're very, very good at what they do over there. I also, um, did research with WKRN. There was an interview from Jennifer's sister um, on that local station. So please, guys, please share this. Please, you know, take a look at their pictures and, and share everything. And hopefully some more information will come forward. It was 2013, the last time anything broke. So it would be really nice if getting their information out there triggered something for somebody or if somebody knew seen it and was like, oh, hey, I heard about this and calls the tip line and this case gets moving. So I appreciate you all listening. I'm very thankful for you. If you have any case submissions you would like to hear 
anything you want to talk about, if you just want to say hi, email me and we will get it covered. Hope you all stay safe and I will talk to you soon.